Welcome back to Neptune, California. That's right, we are taking this week to celebrate Ariel's birthday, albeit a little bit belated. Uh, and we are watching the pilot of Veronica Mars. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is typically your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast where we break down every season of the 10 season show or every episode of the 10 season show, whichever. But today, like I said, we are going to Neptune, California and talking about the pilot of Veronica Mars. Ari, what happened this week? In the wealthy seaside community of Neptune, the rich and powerful make the rules. They own the town and the high school, and they desperately try to keep their dirty little secrets. Like, okay, so first of all, talking about the Veronica Mars pilot, I want to hear your experience with the show. Like, Caitlin, I think you said you've watched it before, and I think, Mary, we can establish you've still never seen it. Okay, so I think I've seen a few episodes just by being in your proximity for as long <laughs> as that we've been friends. Fair. Um, but I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched it. Yeah, and I think for me, like, I want to say I tried the pilot several years ago, and I must have not retained a single thing because <laughs> turning this on, I didn't remember a single thing. Like, I, I had no memory. All I know is that Kristen Bell is a baby in this, and I don't think, I don't think there's any universe where I can't like her. <laughs> like she's so cute and immediately I'm like I want to watch you do everything like there's a moment where she cries like instantly and I'm like oh my god yeah that's Kristen Bell like she cri she cries instantly all the time <laughs> no so truly like every single thing she does on the show I'm like I get why you're Kristen Bell I understand yeah you have that one little tear or like I don't know the long she's monologue so the voiceover yeah, the voiceover. Like, no wonder Gossip Girl was like, you know, we have a narrator that we want to include. Who do we need? Kristen Bell. Like, obviously. I swear, she did so much voiceover in this episode alone. Yeah, she did. Okay, so I actually, before I even started my notes, I just went ahead and did this, like, half from memory, and then I moved to the IMDb page. But I just wanted to mm. give you guys a few of my favorite famous guest stars. And in, okay. like on the original show, so not the Hulu reboot where like Kristen Bell had already made every friend in Hollywood ever. And then the movie that was like, you know, crowdfunded and all that stuff. But in the original show, first of all, Wallace Fennell, the, the guy that you meet in the first scene that's tied to the flagpole. Hmm. He has a storyline that involves Cress Williams, also known as Deshaun. Yeah! <laughs> in the second season, Al actually, I think in the first season, Allison Hannigan shows up, and in the second season, Charisma Carpenter shows up. And Joss Whedon has a little oh. guest spot in one episode. And so, like, a little gross, but he wasn't, like, we didn't know he was gross at this point, and he still created right. Buffy. So I'll give right. that. Third season, Ryder Strong. Oh, <gasps> Sean. Yeah, they do a Stanford prison experiment, Ooh. and he's one of the jailers. Oh, my gosh. 
Um, Paris Hilton is literally in episode two. <laughs> That's hot. It's amazing. It's so good. Uh, at one point she gets a Vespa and it's just like a little pink Vespa that she just sits on on camera. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we can't afford for her to actually drive it. Let's just have yeah. her sit on it. <laughs> and then finally in season two in what is basically her first acting role ever, Tessa Thompson. Ooh, cool. Mm-hmm. I like her. Yeah, I actually, my list is much longer, but I just realized about halfway through the list, I was like, this is an entire podcast. I can't keep going. Yeah. Jessica I mean, Chastain, ooh. Adam Scott. Ooh. Yeah, I'll stop. Yeah. Well, it, it also hits hard, too, because, like, everybody's familiar, even if they don't go on to be Tessa Thompson or they don't go on to be Jessica Chastain, like, as they exist today, there's still mm. other really familiar people and like i'll admit mm. even wallace who it took me three-fourths of the episode to know what his name was um he even looked mildly familiar even though i never i hadn't seen him in any of his other previous work but like the further we get into the episode i'm like that guy's familiar that guy's familiar that guy's familiar that guy's familiar and it was even just like one episode on gilmore girls right like it wasn't even some blockbuster film or whatever no, I think after doing this podcast for so many years and starting to introduce birthday episodes, we're getting to the point that we have the like big board with the spider web and we can really, every single show we watch, we're like, he was in that show, he was in that show, they were in that yep. show. Like, Well, and teen- for me too, like, yeah, you're about to say peak television. Like this was literally, like this aired in 2004. And for me, that may have been peak television because we were – One Tree Hill had started the year before. Um, Gossip Girl was around the corner or had already started. I can't remember which. Um, we Gilmore Girls was it, four seasons in, like, the you know, kind of in its um, height. Dawson's Creek had just ended a couple of years prior. Um, the OC, like, it was this era of, like – put all the hot people on TV that are not high school aged, but look like they could still pass as a high schooler. <laughs> mm. No, this was like the times so you had like TGIF where it was like really yeah. family friendly teen shows. And then by now it's like, yeah, UPN exists. WB exists. We're getting more of like, they're not all in one Friday block, but yeah, we have the OC. We have shows that like are a little bit darker. Like, I guess to bring it back to Veronica Mars, like this was originally shopped to places like HBO and oh, like, yeah, like that kind of level FX at the very least. And then it ended up on UPN and there mm-hmm. were a couple of changes. I did a little, I did my level of research, so take it as you will, but there are like a couple of changes they had to make. But overall, I feel like this is a pretty dark show to be on mm. a UPN. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know what time it aired. I imagine probably the nine o'clock slot, but like based on where, not even so much where we start off, although it is pretty dark, there's certainly themes as we move through the episode where I'm like, oh, whoa, okay, this can't, this isn't really that kid friendly. And like we Mm -mm. were what, 14-ish when this show aired. So literally it came out about three weeks after my birthday. Yeah, so we were like 13, 14 when this show aired, and even 
not today's world, but then it was definitely too a little too elevated for us, a little too mature for us. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get into the show until I probably 17 or 18, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. this was around the time that, like, shows came out on DVD and we would actually go to Target and buy the show and spend that, like, $35 to rewatch mm-hmm. the show. Man, I will never forget, like, thinking all these box sets were so freaking expensive. And they were at the time. But now they would easily be double that. So that's kind mm. of crazy. And, it, like, we got so much content with them. I actually – So much. I really wish I had Veronica Mars on DVD because I would watch it with the commentary. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which no. I guess, like, let's give our own com- commentary and, <laughs> and kick this thing off. <laughs> yeah. So that first scene, you have Veronica driving up to school and, like, they try and set the tone immediately because her voiceover is like, oh, Neptune is a town without a middle class. You either have everything or you have nothing. And. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm in the ladder. I have nothing. And if you have nothing, you have to get a job. And my job is to tail people and basically be a private investigator. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was so funny. I was like, Kristen Bell does PI work on the side for some reason, but other kids have jobs at mini marts or movie theaters. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, she's those are your options. <laughs> she is the most dramatic person. Like, I think one of my favorite things is they really lean into the fact that Veronica is still a teenager. So she's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't write poetry. I enter monologue. Yeah, right. <laughs> and as she's like explaining all of this exposition, they're like all these kids, I guess it's the start of the school day. There's all these kids kind of gathering and looking and at, at something. And some guy is basically naked, wrapped in duct tape, uh, tied to a pole and on his chest, it says in all caps, S-N-I-C-H, which <laughs> I assume to be a snitch on his chest. <laughs> yeah, I've always just assumed that he was like in real life probably too small and they realized they were running out of room on him. So they were just like, well, whoever put him up here can't spell. It's fine. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> And, yeah, he's, like, a, presumably a new kid, and Veronica comes up and just immediately, like, cuts him down without any kind of preamble. Meanwhile, there's literally someone trying to take a selfie with this, like, naked, taped-up yeah. kid to a pole. And I'm just thinking what cell phones were like in 2004. Like, what is that oh going to look like? Well, and speaking of, like, later on, we get some really excellent shots of a camcorder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can't wait to talk about that. Oh, the old tech in this show, like, I-, I think I said this before we started recording. So, spoiler alert, listener, I tried to just watch one episode of this show and accidentally watched 11 today. <laughs> <laughs> so, I will be accidentally mentioning things that happen further in the season, but there are so many times where she takes phone calls and then snaps her little flip phone and she's got like, the really bold painted nails that you did in high school and all the bracelets on. And I just got this serotonin flush <laughs> every time. Just this big head of nostalgia just coming across you like waves. <laughs> it was so good. Every time she pulled out old tech or like had her messenger bag, I felt feelings. Mm-hmm. 
Well, even her like haircut and her clothes. Oh my god. There's heavy stripes, low rise jeans, low rise pants, and the like flippy layers. Those layers are so choppy. She like went to Tony and Guy and pointed to one of the photos and was like, give me that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She went there. Yeah, you get like a really good look at this hair in these outfits when we have the next scene in the classroom where Veronica is just asleep in class and is called on. But then, of course, in like true protagonist fashion, wakes up and completely recites from memory the poem that I guess they were talking about and can provide such astute commentary as a response when she's asked, what does it all mean? She says, life is a bitch until you die. I love it so much. Like, I feel like it's so reasonable in other shows that people are, like, either really good at school or really good at a thing. Like, they constantly talk about in Buffy the Vampire Slayer how Buffy is so smart, but she has to spend all of her time slaying so she can't study, so she fails Mm -hmm. at school. And then you've got Veronica, who is a PI and spends all this time doing stakeouts. You can't study during a stakeout. You have to watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to pay attention. You can't be, like, reading whatever they were talking about and watching, you know, CD motels at the same time. Exactly. It just – it's ridiculous. They really just give her every single thing. But then after class, there is a random locker search. But it's, like – apparently it's not random. Veronica does her voiceover and is just, like, the thing about random locker searches is I know when they're going to happen before anybody else. And so – we get her like Veronica's a sassy girl where she's cleaned out her locker of everything but a picture of the principal in a heart. And she's just like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe you saw that. <laughs> and she like clearly has a relationship with the canine that's there too because he like barks and she's like, oh, be quiet, so-and-so. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> so at this point in the episode, in my notes, I'm literally sitting here be like, oh my God, we have our first clue. It's just like when we were watching Pretty Little Liars and we were counting the mysteries. It's like, Mm -hmm. why does the deputy know Veronica? Why does Veronica know the dog? But there's just not enough mysteries in the show to keep up with Pretty Little Liars. I tried. (laughs) I really thought I was going to get there. And then after the entire show, I was like, I got nowhere. Pretty Little Liars had like seven. I mean – Total side note, but I am now, I think, on episode four of Pretty Little Liars. And yeah, I've lost track already of of the main – I mean, I know the main mystery, but I'm like, all right, that could be something. That could be something. That I just think everything is something. So we have to get a little bit more insight into Veronica and kind of why she seems like a little bit of an outsider but is, like, good at school and why she – and all this kind of stuff. So it's, like, lunchtime. I really – like, I know it's cheesy – but I love the um, the slow work on Veronica and the fast oh, pace yes. moving of everybody else. It's very like Avril Lavigne. Um, God, it is, is her of the time. Her, yeah, let it was go. Her album let go. called Complicated. Oh, let go. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And that was like her the album cover for that or whatever. Um, and the music video, I think too. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I liked that, not not for any particular reason. I was just like, this feels comforting. <laughs> it's truly, like, 
this whole episode is of a time when you get the angles yeah. and you get the filters and you get the effects where everyone's going really fast behind her and she's mm-hmm. just like stuck in this one moment. Yeah, no, it's of a time and I feel like it gives me nostalgia without really understanding why. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so we learn as like through voiceover again, she used to be a popular kid. She we're like seeing her look at these guys and girls who are the popular table and like super rich. She makes a statement that her dad was the sheriff or used to be the sheriff, but we don't know why. Um, he's no longer the sheriff at this point. And then mm-hmm. she dated this one guy, Duncan Kane, who was immediately familiar to me. This was one of those guys that was immediately familiar. Um, for those of you who don't know, he was in one episode of Gilmore Girls. So there's our little like tie in to the rest <laughs> of the shows that we've been watching. So this is another device we get immediately and often in this show is flashbacks. So we get voiceovers for kind of completing the exposition and we get flashbacks to fill in the blanks of why people are the way that they are. Um, Mm -hmm. And this first one shows, I keep wanting to call her Kristen, which is (laughs) true, but (laughs) which shows Veronica and Duncan holding hands, walking through class or walking through the hallways together. But she narrates and says like he broke things off without warning and it looks like he just straight up ghosts her. Like mm-hmm. they pass by each other in the hallway and he just doesn't even even acknowledge her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's supposed to be like mystery number two is what happened to their relationship. Why did Duncan break up with her? Because he broke up with her before all the Lily stuff happens. I don't think they've set that timeline yet. And before her dad stopped being the police Mm -hmm. chief, sheriff, whatever. Sheriff. Yes. Sheriff. They are very specific. We don't have police. We have a sheriff. Mm -hmm. But then she also introduces Logan Eccles and her description of him is every school has an obligatory psychotic jackass. He's ours. And to be fair, he looks like it. He's like, I think what told me and probably others what makes him a douche is not just the way he's acting because you don't really hear him speak or anything but homie is wearing a puka shell necklace and i was like you are hollister personified (laughs) okay so funny story there is an interview with the guy who did all of the costuming for the show and i pulled out one choice section of the interview for right here because he's like gushing about Kristen Bell and how they, you know, put all this stuff in her on her. There's these like iconic pieces in her costumes and her accessories that people will talk about on the show. But when they when he stock, starts talking about Jason Doring, who played Logan Eccles, and Teddy Dunn, who played Duncan Kane, he says, uh, when they first cast them, they were afraid they looked alike. So they asked me to put Duncan in blue and Logan in other colors. And in my first meeting with Jason, who plays Logan, he said, oh, well, I wear rack colors, the colors nobody wants, and that's why they're on the sale rack. Browns, orange, rust greens. That became our joke, and they looked so good on him, I made a conscious effort to put Duncan in blues and grays and Logan's in brown and orange. I would see kids in San Diego all the time wearing these, so I put the puka shells on him sort of to be like, he's a douchebag in a puka shell necklace. (laughs) well it worked (laughs) it was the actual intent so as soon as you started talking i was like say puka shell say it (laughs) give it to me but like 
that's that was quintessential 2004 mark of a douchebag was puka shell or somebody thinking he needed to wear it to look cool when in reality most people perceived you as being jerk which let's be honest logan's behavior also does point him to that but he has just gotten this puka shell necklace of just like this is me this is my character this is how i have designed I wear brown and puka shells. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice all the like earth tones until you just pointed it out. And I'm like, yeah, I think I only remember him as like in orange and brown. So, yeah, again, 11 episodes. He only right. <laughs> wears orange, brown, and green. It's so wild. As they're kind of introducing these other characters, um, Wallace, who at this point I still didn't know his name. He was a new kid to me. Um, he sits down and she's like immediately rude to him. Like, why did you sit there? And it's like an empty table. Like nobody else is sitting with her. But she walks up. She does walk it back and is like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. You can sit wherever you want. And then a bully walks up who I swear to God looked 30. He's bald headed, mm-hmm. bald headed, not just like buzzed, but bald with a mustache i i think the facial hair really hurts him in this moment like yeah he looks so old because he's younger than veronica and i don't know if you looked him up on imdb but you know where you know him no he was the little kid in kazam (gasps) oh my god that was him kid here no he is 35 and sneaking into <laughs> high school. He is hello fellow children. Oh my god. I yeah, never mm-hmm. ever would have put that together. No, it's ridiculous. And he's like super gross. He is like taking things way too far. It's very clear, you know, he leads a gang in a high school, which it's the same thing with Riverdale. I feel like Veronica Mars walked so that Riverdale could run off a cliff. <laughs> like <laughs> Weevil is running a gang much like Jughead runs a gang. Oh my god. Not Let's well. Be real. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say like Jughead's probably the most accurate response because he did not do a good job. Well, like, um the principal breaks them up. He's like not on school mm-hmm. property, guys. Well, yeah, and like one of the other bullies was recognizable who I recognized him from a Cinderella story. That movie, so again, that I think that movie came out in like 03 or 05, something like that. So quintessential time for mm-hmm. content for us. Um, but yeah, like the – at this point, after the, sh- or after the principal breaks up this little tete-a-tete or whatever we <laughs> want to call it. Like I don't know. That's so grown up. I, I called it a showdown. <laughs> I just don't get why. Anyway, we get a flashback to why um, I've already forgotten his name. Yeah, so it's it's Weevil, and I don't know if we find out the gang's name for a long time, but they're the PCHers. Okay, great. <laughs> Pacific Coast Highway. It does have a thing, but they're the PCHers. The PCPers. Got it. And. <laughs> We figure we get a flashback to the new kid Wallace when he's working at this con- at a convenience store, which is called I forget now the Sack and Pack. Sack and Pack because it, <laughs> of course it is. 
Of course it is. Uh, where all these guys, like part of this PCH group, uh, they were trying to steal 40s. Like not just like six packs or whatever, 40s. Um, he like gets all nervous and worried, so he triggers the, si- the silent alarm. Um, poor little dude. Like this little dude, Wallace, is so precious and he can't even like stand up to them to like make them pay or mm-hmm. i don't know anything he just has no he's scared right so when yeah. the police comes or rather the sheriff the department, sheriff there's like a whole oh it's, it's the full on sheriff that is sheriff lamb mm. Mm. right yes and there's this whole like biker gang outside so now we don't just see like two of them we see like a hundred of them not really but there's like there's a lot there's like 12 yeah and the cop is like crazy aggressive and i was like oh no 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 i hate where this is going already because it felt too like targeting a black kid for me um but i got nervous he basically coerces wallace into saying that they did pay for the pay for whatever they bought in full which they didn't um Mm -hmm. and so i guess the sheriff then goes and grabs the security tape from the store and says to the to Wallace that he needs to go see the wizard and get some guts. After he sniffs him. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> this guy, I hated him. He reminded me of, of Porn Stash from Orange is the New Black. Ooh, yeah. yeah. No, that's a good one. Yeah, Sheriff Lamb, not a chill dude. The whole, like, go see the wizard thing, it comes back later because we get, like, pulled back into the current time so that Veronica can be like, he really said that, go see the wizard. Yeah, so that comes back later, but it really points to the fact that, like, this town is corrupt. There is, yeah, like, why would Sheriff Lamb respond to this random silent alarm at a random sack and pack and then treat someone like this? Like, there's something strange afoot at the sack and pack. Mm-hmm. For sure. We have a short, I, I don't really understand this scene. It's like, flashes of veronica just living a life like she gets home from school has flashbacks of her mom giving her a birthday cake and then she goes and plays fetch with her dog on a beach like just just some little we live in california moments yeah because you also see wallace like flying a remote airplane or whatever it's like yeah it was very it almost kind of felt dream sequency like, I couldn't tell because of maybe the flashback mm-hmm. and kind of how we go back and forth. I couldn't actually tell if this was, like, reality or not, but I guess it was. Uh, yeah. It was just well, a means to, like, get to the Mars Investigations office. Yeah, it's like they try and do so much stuff with filters and with atmospheric kind of music. Like, you you kind of get lost in some of these moments of, like, what is real? What's a flashback? What's a current right. day? You really right. have to look at what Veronica's wearing and what her hair looks like. hmm But, yeah, so after work, she goes to her job, which she's already told us. She's a private investigator. And she – I think it's a Cliff. I don't know they give him a name in this first episode. I said some guy walks in, so I okay. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is Cliff. He is – like a district attorney, he's like the public defender kind of a guy. And 
he basically sets up like, okay, we know that you don't officially do private eye work, but it's really funny that your dad's always chasing bail jumpers in Mexico and yet somehow all of his cases here get solved. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to put this case right on the table. Mm-hmm. And if you want to look at it, I'll also just explain it to you. Right. And he's got this wild story where this woman named Loretta Cancun uh, is an exotic dancer but also has anger issues and took a bat to a bunch of washing machines when she was doing her laundry. But so that's she cool. wants to make some sort of a deal because she is like being a little loose-lipped on the fact that the place that she works at has like they're pretty lax with their liquor license. So it's like She's like, crap, I messed up too much. But wait, I've got information. So it's that classic like, okay, let's get a deal going. Yeah, let's cut a deal here. And so they're looking for evidence of the deal that she can bring, which we will get to later because the courtroom makes no sense. It was the dumbest thing. Oh, yeah. We thought – uh, the trial and the and the the back and forth with Josh on the stand in Beverly Hills made no sense. This made no sense either. <laughs> okay, so there is a Veronica Mars podcast that I listened to. Um, I think it was called like Veronica Mars Investigations VMI, and mm-hmm. they managed to find someone who was like a Southern California lawyer, and she would kind of opine on how things happened on the show. So I listened to the first episode because I was like, that's really interesting. I want to hear this. And so in her interview, she's like, yeah, things don't happen this fast. Even if it's just a pre-trial hearing, like you don't say you have this case and the next week you have the hearing. And I was just like, you've clearly never seen 90210 where I sue you and two days later we're in front of a jury. A hundred percent. Like a full jury has been picked uh, weeded through and ready to go. Yeah. No, like this is literally like we just walked into the court and they had it ready for us. We were like, here's your jury. Here's your judge. Go for it. Mm-hmm. But while Veronica is talking to Cliff slash lawyer with no name, we find out this woman comes out of the office whose name is Celeste Kane, as in Duncan Kane's mother, uh, wife of Jake Kane, who – invented video streaming and made everybody super rich Mm -hmm. um but the vibe is weird yeah it was like really palpable tension um because celeste walks out of her dad's office and basically says like you know i hate you but (laughs) i need you or like whatever you know like i i need your help and I'm like, wow, that's bold. And as she walks out, she just kind of gives Veronica like a dirty look. And when she walks out and gets in her car, Veronica just like stares out the window and narrates for us again. And she says, sure, she's a bitch, but can you blame her? After all, dad did try to send her husband to jail for life. And I'm like, ooh, you know you love me, XOXO, gossip girl. I, know. <laughs> I love the mic drops before commercial yeah. breaks from the 2000s. Where, yeah, she's just like, my dad did try to put her husband in jail for life. Yep. And that's, I guess, the third mystery of the day. Um, Trying to figure out, like, oh, well, why? Why did dad try to send her husband to jail? 
Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, you know, we get a little bit more info in the very next scene because it's Veronica and her dad. Basically, Celeste thinks that her husband is seeing someone on the side. So this is like mm-hmm. a Jessica Jones type cheating thing, right? And mm-hmm. but while they're like starting to talk about it, the phone rings. I guess it's one of Veronica's dad's like employees or just informants or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, picked up a bill runner, so he's got to go to Texas. Apparently, Veronica is also in charge of getting like a rental car and the plane ticket. So sure, that makes sense for a kid to do. Um, they do make a cute little comment though about like the kind of car that veronica usually gets her dad (laughs) he's like don't give me that um oh what do you call it he called it like fancy or like i want to say bougie but yeah he's he said don't give me blah 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 this time and she goes crown vic got it (laughs) once a cop always a cop yeah i thought that was really cute they're adorable. So, yeah, her dad is Keith Mars, Mars Investigations, and I am obsessed with their relationship. Like, I just truly think that whoever thought to put these two together just, like, really yeah. saw a chemistry, and I love them for it. Yeah, it was really, really cute. And what was also kind of cute, too, is, like, he was basically, before he had to leave, he was like, don't go after the Canes. Like, you know, this isn't, like, don't do anything until I get back, basically. But then immediately right afterwards, he's like, but if you do bring back up with you. And so it's like he already knows she's going to like do that. So he he's like, I know you're going to do this. So I'm just going to tell you to be safe and like call somebody and let them like come with you or follow you or or whatever. Mm. No, like truly, I love their relationship. There's an episode a little bit later where like things are starting to develop in all these storylines and Veronica like starts walking down the hallway after her dad says something to her and she comes back and she's like, no, this isn't for a school project. It's never been for a school project. I don't like that this is going on between us. I don't want to lie to you. I don't want you to lie to me. And they just have this moment together where they just decide to work on the case together. And I was just like, dad and Veronica forever. (laughs) There is something like, you know, and maybe it's just projecting, but I just really like to see a good parent-child relationship when that's still realistic and not, you know, because for as much as we love Gilmore Girls, like that relationship between Lorelai and Rory, that's just not realistic. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, it's much better than having no parent at all, like in One Tree Hill, where like, you know, four out of the five main cast members just have absentee parents. So maybe it's a little bit of that where it's like, oh, it's actually comforting to see a positive you know, parent-child relationship that isn't too friendly, but it's not Mm -hmm. too absent either. Yeah, and it's not, like, made up to be a joke. It's, like, an actual Mm -hmm. relationship. Like, it's not weird because Veronica had to grow up too fast. Like, he's still her dad, but they're so honest with each other. But Exactly. You know, all of this prompts Veronica to go stake out Jake Kane, and we get all this voiceover setting up that he's basically, like – this beloved guy who made everybody in town a little bit richer or very rich, depending on how much stock in his company they had, kind of setting up like a benevolent billionaire, like not your average rich guy, Jake Kane. And which I just had the thought Jake Kane is uh, similar to Jacob Kane in Batwoman, aka the leader of the crows <laughs> who marries into money. Like, mm. and. 
for some reason, all of the accents on that show just decided to <laughs> cease to exist. God, I, yeah. I can't. I can't. We can't put those two together. No, we can't. There, there's no obvious different. Australians and Scottish people on this show. Yeah, thank God, because there sure is on Batwoman, at least season one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But we get this flashback where Veronica, we find out, was actually best friends with Lily Kane, who is Jake Kane's daughter, Celeste Kane's daughter, Duncan Kane's sister. There's a lot of stuff between the Marses and the Kanes. Yeah. And it's this whole thing where, like, Lily is acting really positive and Veronica's making comments like, oh, the Prozac must be doing so good for you. And Lily's like, nah, bitch, I got a secret. And it is propelling me. I am thriving. Well, and here comes the mystery number four. Literally the narration right after that line was, and that was the last thing Lily ever said to me or something like that or mm. or said, you know, like, and first of all, that was Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried. Yep. Never know how to pronounce her last name. Um, Couldn't if you paid me. Yeah. Which is um extremely unfortunate because this is the only time we see her. Uh, because we see continuing continuing along this flashback that there was like a disturbance at the Kane estate. Duncan is just off to the side on a bench, just like rocking back and forth, clearly shook. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like catatonic when Veronica tries to talk to him, and oh my god, Lily is dead. She was like bludgeoned or whatever in the head. Um, yeah, and she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get these like angled shots from the ground of you know the sheriff looking at her body and then the canes in the background crying and you've got veronica trying to talk to duncan while he's just catatonic and then there's this voiceover where you've got present day veronica like completely just like deadpan like but everyone remembers the bungling sheriff who went after the wrong man that bungling sheriff was my dad Right, and assuming that the wrong man was Jake Kane, um, mm-hmm. assuming that you know this dad killed his daughter, um, yeah, 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 and so here's my other fun fact: is that apparently, so when they, you know, okay, so first they wrote this story intending it to be like YA novels about a teenage detective, and then like slowly it turned into. A TV show. I think I read something where the guy was like, I can write scripts faster than I can write books. So it makes mm. more sense to write scripts. Mm-hmm. And so they sold this, but when they had originally written it and wanted it to be on HBO or like a premium channel, they wanted Lily's body to be washed up on the shore of a river. And that's how they found her or like at the beach in the ocean. But that would have like indicated other things in the story and the network was just like no that's too dark we can't do that so instead you get her bludgeoned to death next to her parents pool because that's less dark yeah it's uh, being killed by a random person versus being killed by potentially one of your family members who was well, like <laughs> being found in your backyard but other than being dumped in a river like yeah that's not really where we are and I'd also like to point out that Riverdale opens with a body being found after washing up in the river. And mm-hmm. they're basically like the spiritual – the CW is like the spiritual successor of the UPN. So like yeah. literally yeah. Veronica Mars, so Riverdale. 
Twin Peaks did that too. And uh, Mare of Easttown. Like, it would just have been so good. And it does. I don't think it takes anything away to have her in the backyard versus being washed up on a beach. But, like, it's just so funny to me, yeah, that they say that's too dark when, like, I think by now Twin Peaks had come out, so this had already happened somewhere. Yeah. And then it just repeatedly happens on, like, the CW or – yeah. And I guess Mare of Easttown is HBO, but I just well, love I, that they're like, too dark. Just put her with her brains falling out in her backyard. Yeah, like I would argue it's almost darker that it happened in her own backyard, right? Like Because, you know, presumably, yeah, sure, if it's in a random, you know, seemingly random place out in the public or whatever, yeah, that indicates possibly a stranger and something crazy happened. But if it's your own house... Like, that could mean so many different things. And also, like, how did your parents not see it if they weren't guilty? Like, there's just so Mm -hmm. many other questions. To me, it's not a question of darkness. It's more just, like, do we want to pay to go to another location? (laughs) (laughs) Which, yeah, like, I feel like there are definitely other times on the show that you could be like, they were cutting money here. But this is literally just, like, no, somebody made a weird decision. Because to supposedly dig your heels in on that, when the very next scene that we see is a flashback of the crime scene video being yeah. released in mass on the internet that's like ironically successfully spread on the internet because of Jake Kane's software. So like mm-hmm. everyone sees his dead daughter's body because of what he invented. Like talk about dark. Yeah. That's darker than the location of where she was murdered. You know? Exactly. Like, well, that and I would argue like – What's harder to, or I guess uh, more mature to see slash hear, the location of a, of a murder or all of the blatant sex jokes littered throughout the entire episode? Like, I was so shocked that this was on a network because I was like, the euphemisms, like they were, it was not like anybody could pick this up. If you are remotely aware of what sex is, <laughs> you would understand what they're saying. Yeah, like, what did Weevil say in one of his first scenes is just, like, nobody talks as much unless they're riding my hog. Yes, he literally says, I wrote it down because I was like, this is disgusting. He said, sister, the only time I care what a woman has to say is when she's riding my big old hog. And I was like, yeah, you're 35. (laughs) <laughs> and it never ends. It just keeps going. And like, yeah. yeah, the idea that they're like, no notes there. But that's what dead I mean. woman opinions. Yeah. Well, and like getting back to that scene, like what we get a little bit more information on that too is like around the time that was leaked, Logan, um, he's like crying and confronting Veronica because he and Lily were dating. So then mm-hmm. he just randomly well not I guess it's not random, but then he accuses veronica and her dad of basically ruining the entire family um Mm. because of i guess his accusation of jake yeah and then veronica kind of speeds us up so like it's been about a year since lily was murdered and in that time you know her dad was removed from office they couldn't afford to live where they lived so they had to move out of their house then veronica's mom leaves and as soon as her dad's out of office, this guy, Abel Koontz, is arrested, and they call him a disgruntled worker at Kane Software who got fired before the IPO. So, like, 
he didn't make it big and they claim that he wants revenge on the Kane family. And so this is just a very silly moment of continuity. But when you binge a show like I did today, it's very noticeable. So in this moment, when they're showing all of the arrest footage on TV and the new sheriff, Sheriff Lamb, is holding up the evidence bags, he holds up a bag of shoes saying that Lily's shoes were found on his boat and that he took them as a souvenir and they're flip-flops. So later in the story, they use those shoes as a plot device. And so they have to switch them to something more obvious and like would clearly could only be Lily's shoes and not just some random woman's size seven flip-flops from Old Navy. And so they change them. And rather than reshoot him holding the shoes up, they still have the shots of him holding the shoes up with the flip-flops. And then they just cut to a different shot of somebody holding a bag with other shoes. (laughs) It is the dumbest thing. It goes from like the tiniest shot of flip-flops to an entire screen of just kids. (laughs) That's amazing. They just didn't reshoot it. They have all the actors. They could just redo it. And they just don't. That just shows you, like, when pilots are shot, it is still sometimes months, sometimes years before you then continue on. Sometimes you don't have the same writers. Sometimes you don't have some of the same crew. Like, sometimes you have different ideas for where you want the story to go. That is hilarious. It's so funny because we're at the part of the series where the shoes start to matter. And so they keep Mm. showing them over and over again. And I can't can't unsee it anymore. (laughs) But Oh, man. So we skip back to current time. It's after school. The sun's down. Veronica is staking out the Camelot Motel looking for Jake Kane when the PCHers pull up and one of the bikers comes to the car and backup attacks because it turns out when her dad said take backup, he meant the puppy. The big old bulldog looking backup dog like that was so cute to me i was like oh backup because when veronica's like backup calm down i'm like oh (laughs) yeah take backup means take your puppy with you let him maul teenagers like (laughs) the amount of violence is not okay but it's really funny when they try and intimidate her and then one gets attacked by a dog and then uh felix comes up to be like hey make him stop and so she tases him yeah, like literally, like one gets attacked by a dog, the other gets tased. <laughs> and then he tries to get back up after being tased, and she just like flashes it in his face. She's like, you want it again? Like, it's so funny, like it's when n- she had that taser, it reminded me of like what every, I saw this TikTok that was like, um, let's test to see what every guy does when they're handed a drill. And like it showed like the amount of times like when a guy's like, hey, here, can you hold this? And then they say, do that thing. And they just go, (laughs) (laughs) and like some, you know, like probably 10 guys were showing, they're like, hey, hold this, do the thing. And they're like, and then like three of them (laughs) didn't do it at all. And so it was just so funny. But it made me think like when she had the taser, it's like you can't not go or whatever the sound is to like the electrical current go. You can't not do it. Whenever the sound it is for the electrical current. You don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I can't. It's just so funny that like we go from like, hey, hold this power tool to like, hey, what do you do with that taser? Taste me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. And then the dude makes another sex joke. I didn't even write down what he said this time. 
I didn't write down what he said because this is where she's like, hey, you leave Wallace alone. I'll get your yeah. boy's charges dropped. And then Weevil's just like, oh, well, if you don't do that, I'm going to come after your boy and you and your little dog too. And I was like, who mm. wrote this with all of these Wizard of Oz references? I know. I heard that too. And I was like, huh. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> no, I, I truly, literally in my notes, I have that Weevil makes sex comments at Veronica, mm-hmm. constantly at her. Like she's not inviting yeah. this. She's not responding to it. But he makes them hear again. He's really disgusting. And then we get the voiceover where she's like, oh, yeah, quite a reputation I have. You want to know how I lost my virginity? So do I. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that took a random turn. Like, to be honest with you, I was like, where the hell did this come from? It felt completely out of left field. Well, and it's like, you know, I'm going to go back to Buffy because it's a very easy reference point for me. But, like, there is a big bad in Buffy at a time. There's rarely... Mm -hmm two giant things that she's dealing with. But then in Veronica Mars, we're maybe 25 minutes into this episode and we're like, her best friend was murdered. Her dad went after the wrong guy. This other guy was arrested, but they're pointing it out, which means they clearly don't believe it. Mm -hmm. And then there's also that Veronica was raped at a party and she doesn't know who took her virginity. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, apparently – Dumping a body in a river is too dark, but having a full-on flashback of a teenager going to a party, accepting a roofied drink, saying, I don't know who gave it to me, and then flashing forward to waking up alone in a bed with her underwear on the floor. Like, that's not too dark? That's exactly what I mean. Like, that's why I was like, oh, it had nothing to do with darkness. It had to do with, like, location shooting, right? Like, yeah, just... Because that, like, arguably, like, there is no argument, right, for what's darker or what maybe they had to choose, right? Like, one dark thing, Mm -hmm. not two. I don't know. But, yeah, like, that, again, it felt like it came out of nowhere. But I guess, like, it does serve as a way to kind of move the story along, too, because she says she never told her dad and that was kind of like a watershed moment for her. She's never been the same person since, which Mm -hmm. makes sense in context with other things, right? Like with the whole, her dad getting fired or elected out or whatever it's called and Mm -hmm. her best friend getting murdered, her boyfriend dumping her, like all of these things in succession then make sense. It just is kind of like, I don't think she needed that moment. Like what, Unless we get something later about it that obviously I don't know yet because this is one episode. Unless we get something later about it, I don't think it's needed. I think there's plenty to explain why she now is the way that she is. Mm-hmm. And I will say that like they they do manage to make a lot of these plot points really become something. I think, you know, I have not rewatched the show probably in a couple of years. So I'd be mm-hmm. very interested to see what 30-year-old me yeah looks at it but like I do remember they bring back all of these story points like they do make this a plot point it's probably Mm. a little bit of a weak one but they do solve the mysteries that they propose for the most part well good so they're not this isn't going to be a lost situation thank god (laughs) no well and this is not like Valerie where she's just like well I guess we move on from here oh good no Because, yeah, the next thing we see 
is we're back in current day. Veronica's trying to figure out who has been in this motel room with Jake. We're finding out it's very important to prove that Jake Kane is cheating, that Mm -hmm. we know who's in that hotel room with him. Mm -hmm. And Veronica finds license plates. Yep. And then we skip to the next day where Logan has to be the worst person in the world. Like, if Steve Sanders was in the current day, he would be Logan Uncles. Very much so. Like, he drives by, and I will admit, I had warm and fuzzies with that yellow Xterra because, fun fact for you guys, that was my dream car when I was 16 years old. (laughs) That was my dream car, like, literally three or four years ago when John and I were looking to get a new car and he was like the mileage is so bad and I was like 16 year old me doesn't care yeah that car was probably so shittily made like complete wreck of a car because it was probably all of the bad things about a jeep and none of the good ones (laughs) and (laughs) and like But I wanted it. The fact that it was bright yellow, I wanted it so bad. But my mom was like, you're not getting an SUV. And I mean, I loved the car I ended up having, so I cannot complain whatsoever. But Mm -hmm. man, when he, I just had a moment where I had to pause and just look at that yellow Xterra. (laughs) I literally, my note says Logan pulls up in a yellow Xterra because he's so fucking cool. (laughs) Like, I can't help it. Well, and then he ruins all of it, right? Because he, oh yeah, God. makes like a sex joke, hands her a flask because every 16-year-old has a flask and calls her her mother's daughter and makes some sort of comment about how her her mom could really drink, which I'm like, mm-hmm. how would you possibly know that? Why do you know that? I don't like what all of this is insinuating. And of course, because, you know, we know that Veronica's mom has not been in the picture for a while, like that cuts pretty deep and then we mm-hmm. even see Duncan finally like grow a pair and actually like get Logan to stop talking. Yeah, I as we've been watching episodes I've been asking John how he feels about characters and I haven't brought up asking him how he thinks Duncan is because Duncan is just so immobile yeah. repeatedly in these first couple episodes and they do finally explain it after a little while and like start giving him something but it's Mm -hmm. by the time that I'm just like I don't care for Duncan he's just he's like the Riley of it all if we're gonna go back to Buffy yeah he's just what what is Mary Mary what do you always say like bland brown-haired man yeah (laughs) that's what he is he's just bland (laughs) I mean truly this is the first time I think that I have heard a costume person be like, we were worried the men would look too much alike. Right? (laughs) But yeah, he's he's the absolute worst. It gives us another voiceover where we find out that mom left a unicorn music box that Veronica throws in the trash, but she digs out later. But it always gets me because I'm just like, Veronica doesn't seem like a unicorn person, so... Do you think this is one of those times where when she was five, she said she loved unicorns? So for the rest of her life, she gets unicorns as presents? Oh, my God. Probably. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times that has happened. And that we've not only had happen in real life, but then also see it on TV. <laughs> or at least yes. reference to on TV. No, it's it's an absolutely true thing. My parents know about, like, a sport that I'm a fan of, and they have just dug in there. Mm-hmm. They're like, you want an Atlanta United hat? You can have yep. 70 of them every single holiday. Send I once told hat. my 
I once had told my in-laws that I really liked a certain like Tervis cup with like a G on it for Georgia. And uh, guess what I've gotten every year at Christmas? A new Tervis tumbler. <laughs> oh, thank you. Because the other one just wasn't going to last. That's right? what Tervis These... is known for. Yeah, they're they're super breakable. So I'm glad I have 85 <laughs> spares. <laughs> I wish I had like witty ways to circle back because when you get back to Veronica Mars, it's back at the apartment. She's doing, you know, PI work, whatever, voiceovers, very Carrie Bradshaw of like, and I couldn't help but Mm -hmm. wonder who was Jake Mm -hmm. with that night. (laughs) But then Keith comes home and he walks into the living room and just goes, who's your daddy? Oh my God. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't because like in 04, I think I would have loved that in 04, 14 year old Caitlin would have thought that was funny and like so fun and all this stuff. But like 33 year old Caitlin in 2023 hates it. I just love the rest of it where she's like, that was horrible. And he was like, let it be known. I used to be cool. And then he goes on a whole speech (laughs) and is just like, actually, I was never cool. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, but it was cute how then he's still like that doesn't dim his light or whatever because he's still so excited because they got like 2800 or 2500 bucks off of this one job and which I'm like that was like does that cover the cost of the plane ticket and the rental car? I don't know. But anyway, he's like we're not going to eat box mac and cheese tonight. We're eating steaks, which I love and I appreciate that, but also I wanted Veronica so badly to be like, "No, dad, we need to put that in the bank." <laughs> Be like, no, dad, I want the mac and cheese and the steak. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, pork canola's dose. Like, what's so wrong about the mac and cheese? Yeah. Anyway. And yeah, but then it's cute because he had just mentioned Blue Oyster Coal and listening to that in his car back when he was quote unquote cool. So now, of course, they're making steaks and listening to Blue Oyster Coal. And quickly that moment dies, right? Because Veronica's like, hey, man, I got some license plates for you to run because I can't and you're really the PI. Um, Hands him the pic that she took of Jake next to the car with the plates in focus conveniently. And Mm -hmm. he looks at it and his face just like drops. And he's like, you need to stay away from Jake Kane. We're going to drop this case. And at this point, I'm like, oh, that's her mom, right? Like, there's no way that's not her mom. Like, Mm -hmm. no way. Because after we were just talking about her mom. Yeah. This is one of those things where there's not even a question here. They're not even pretending that it's not going to be it. Yeah. There is one moment before this. I totally went over it. But it's another thing at lunch. And I just want to point out, because I love Wallace Fennell so much. I think he is a wonderful character. I think they totally screwed him over because – so – They had the original run of the show that was the first three seasons, and then there was Mm -hmm. supposed to be this backdoor pilot that never got picked up in season three of showing Veronica – or it wasn't a backdoor pilot. They filmed a pilot of aging up Veronica. She's gone to work for the FBI, Mm -hmm. doesn't get picked up. You know, seven, eight years after the show is when the movie gets crowdfunded and everybody comes back as adults going to their high school reunion in Neptune, and then there's the – Hulu season that came out a couple of years ago that we just won't even talk about. I'm not ready to address it. However, what's important is because all this time has passed, they age everyone up and like give them 
stories of like where they've been. And Wallace freaking Fennell becomes a gym teacher in Neptune at Neptune High. Why? I'm furious. There's like points <laughs> in the in the college season where he's like in physics classes. He's going to become an engineer and then we come back and he's the basketball coach. Which like Aww. nothing wrong with that, but when he's supposed to be an engineer and you've done mm-hmm. this to me, don't do that. Oh. Well, but, like in this one episode you've got Wallace saying like you should hear what people say about you. But I know you're cool. You cut me down when nobody else would. I want to be your friend. And I just love him. Yeah, that was really cute. And, I mean, you can tell he's, like, dealing with some outsider tendencies, too, because he's clearly not found friends at this point, and especially because of being humiliated in front of everybody at the school. Like, he's trying to latch on. He's reaching out, right? He's complimenting her so that she will accept him, right? She's like... Mm -hmm. I'm not judging you at all. I've heard some crazy stuff, but I'm not judging. I want to be your friend. And that is very cute. I do like that. Mm-hmm. No, I love him so much. Because, yeah, I imagine on your first day of school, if that's how it starts, you just basically set up to yeah. write this off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, like, uh, at this point, right after the whole plates situation, we get a little bit more info on, like, some – we get like a little snowball effect, right? Things start to fall into place and, and how all of these various stories, not the Jake Kane situation, but mm-hmm. the the situation that you had said his name was Cliff brought about the um, the worker at the seventh. Loretta Bay, Cancun. Where, yes. Jackie Daytona. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Loretta Cancun talks about we get some resolution around kind of getting back at Logan and then also some resolution around getting back at um, Weevil. So mm-hmm. starts off Veronica has like this idea well actually first I'm skipping a scene Scene. Veronica is like sitting outside the body shop in the seventh veil which was the liquor license case and this is when she pulls out the little camcorder and I was like that looks like it's from a game like it literally looks like it could be in a 90s museum <laughs> Truly, like, I had all of these feelings. I never had a camcorder, but I wanted nothing more in my life than to be able to just, like, film the moments to keep them forever. Because you're Mm -hmm. a high school student. All of the books and perks of being a wallflower had come out at this point where they're just like, I felt infinite. Like, Yes. You wanted to be that kid. So when she pulls out the camcorder and she's got the big messenger bag with everything in it, I was just like, this is what I want. I want to be the kid <laughs> with the camcorder in the LeBaron. Well, and it was kind of cool. Like, it gave me a little bit of, of envy a little bit because she's, like, talking about – she's doing another voiceover or whatever at one point, and she's like, my hobby's photography, or, like, photography happens to be my hobby. And I'm like, man, I wish that I had been that motivated or dedicated or both to go all in on a hobby like that. I mean, I played – so many sports growing up but I never my mentality as a high schooler was not I need to practice basketball or lacrosse or whatever 24 7 and really dedicate you know to my craft so that I could be the absolute best I could be no mine was like 
Kate or my mom would say, Caitlin, go outside and, you know, go, go run. Cause you're having conditioning in a few weeks. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I will just suffer during con- conditioning and I will get in shape during conditioning. <laughs> That's what conditioning is for. I am exactly. conditioning my body. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. I'm just going to eat this massive dinner that you're making for me and then not do anything. (laughs) (laughs) And then sit on my couch and watch Veronica Mars. (laughs) Exactly. No. Okay. I do love the next day at school when Veronica is like running through school and Wallace is chasing after and he's like, slow your ass down, Flojo. Mm -hmm. She's like, no, I have a plan. (laughs) Yeah. Because like – we very briefly touched on it, but basically what happened was Veronica convinced this kid, Corny, to throw a bong in pottery class for her. Mm-hmm. And he creates it. They put it in Logan's locker before one of these random searches that aren't random. He gets suspended for it. The sheriff's department takes the bong, which has a remote-controlled control- smoke bomb in it. <laughs> And they set off the smoke bomb remotely using Wallace's remote control because we remember he likes RC planes. So setting off a bong, B-O-N-G, very different than flying a plane, but it's fine. (laughs) And then the fire department shows up, goes to put the fire out in the evidence room, swaps out the tape from the sack and pack with something else. We find out later that Veronica has convinced the fire department to commit a felony for her and steal evidence because they think her dad is cool. Yeah. She's like made some comment to the fire chief or whatever. And then narrates and is like, yeah, there's still some people out here that really like my dad. I'm like enough to commit crimes. (laughs) Meanwhile, they're calling her Smokey the barely legal. Oh my God. Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh dear. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. No, it's so so bad. (laughs) And this is the thing. I The first time I watched this, I was a teenager. I, like, fell in love with it at, like, 21 maybe. Like, I was young when I loved this show. And so now watching it in my 30s, I'm like, these men are too old and too disgusting for her. Mm-hmm. But it, like, we – I feel like we find out that Veronica's morals are very specific. Like – This line is so jagged all the way down because the next thing we see is that Veronica is impersonating someone from the sheriff's department to get someone at another sheriff's department to run plates for her because she's not a PI and can't do it. Right. And so she definitely, like you were saying, that like moral gray area of she is willing to do whatever it takes for the case and she will... It sounds like she will justify whatever rules she can break by standing it up against, well, it's for the case. It's for the greater good. Like you got to, if you're going to make an an omelet, an omelet, if you're going to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. Like she's very much that style of like bend but not break kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. And she finds out that the car belongs to her mom, like we all knew. But her dad lies to her and is like, we're going to drop the case because it's corporate espionage. But mm-hmm. she knows the truth. Mm-hmm. And God, we get a horrible flashback where she goes to the sheriff's department 
And the woman that she's been impersonating at the front desk, Inga, is like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you since dot, 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 realization. Turns out Veronica hasn't been at the sheriff's department since she went to report her own rape, at which point Sheriff Lamb was just like, what do you want me to do? Round up the most eligible sons of all of the richest billionaires in town? Like, he treats her terribly. But then he makes the whole, like, you need to go to the wizard and ask him for some... Backbone. Some backbone. Okay. But this is her whole, like, oh, he said that to you from earlier? Yeah. It's like, why does this guy have a catchphrase? And also, I hate him with every fiber of my being. And they never bring it up again. I don't think there's a single in the 11 episodes I watched. I don't think there's a single other Wizard of Oz reference outside of this episode. Maybe they're <laughs> after they got picked up after pilot season, they like <laughs> were waiting to film the next several episodes and they like rewatch it back. They're like, you know, that's kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> UPN is like, you can have a show if you never do this again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not even once. Instant canceled. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. So she went to the courthouse building because it's time mm-hmm. for the preliminary hearing for the PCHers who robbed the sack and pack. And yeah. it makes no sense. We got Sheriff Lamb on the stand, but then when they go to play the evidence video that Veronica had the fire department swap out, it ends up being a video of a department deputy getting a blowjob right outside the seventh veil, like literally just right there. Like Veronica didn't even have to do anything to get this video. She just showed up and it was fine. Again, I'm like, okay, okay, let's back up. You mean to tell me you couldn't show a woman getting bludgeoned outside or like on the ground next to a river or in a river being pulled out, but you can show video evidence of an officer on duty receiving a blowjob? Well, cool. <laughs> and then Cliff is just like, oh, yeah, so this basically solves all my cases, right? And I'm just like, how? Yeah, I know. The two are not connected at all. So, Mary, this is what we were talking about. Basically, like the sher- the was he sheriff at the – yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sheriff at this point. And he's being yes. interviewed about like the whole robbing at the and shoplifting and whatever at the sack and pack, which I hate. And <laughs> – as soon as this video is shown, they're like, oh, let's see the video from the the actual, like, shoplifting. It's video of this other deputy who is not the sheriff, just this other random police officer getting a blowjob. And so the, the lawyer that's for Loretta Cancun is just like, so that's case closed, right? <laughs> it's like, how? Literally. <laughs> He's just like, I would like to move to drop this case. And I just want the judge to be like, that's not what we're here for. So, no. Yeah. It was so confusing. <laughs> it just, All I can think about this is that 2004 was a time. <laughs> it sure was. This is of a time. Oh, my gosh. The outfits. I need you all to keep watching just for the outfits. Yeah. Well, I f- I'm feeling so the good. same type of way from Pretty Little Liars. Like, looking at all of the, like, preppy... It's like watching Spice Girls in, you know, 10 years later than Spice Girls, right? Each person has their own little style. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it's like everyone is actually dressed by Aeropostale and Abercrombie and like 
you just you feel it. You're like, I remember wearing low rise jeans and three oh polos. Yes. And like the belts with all the holes in them and on the side. So you had to like undo the entire belt just so you could take your pants off. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You had to wear your belt off to the side. Yeah. If it was right on where the buckle should be right on the snap, you were so lame. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did I tell you? So at, at work, we have, you know, Slack channels for everything. There's a Slack channel for the office and we have like a host team that like, you know, runs everything, their office management. But they put like randomly scheduled messages that will just pop up every now and then. So they'll be like, oh, did you know you could reserve a conference room? Really annoying. One day at like 8 a.m., I get a push notification that's like at here. So everybody gets it straight to all their devices talking about back pain and how you should not one strap your backpack. Okay, but only cool kids one strap your backpack. <laughs> I was literally just like, oh no, I one strap my backpack. What's wrong with me? Dude, I literally, my shoulder, like my right shoulder is lower than my left shoulder. <laughs> Like, I don't know if you've ever noticed it. You might be able to see in the FaceTime. You probably can't. But <laughs> literally, like, when I work out downstairs and I've got all the mirrors down there, like, I like when I'm, like, stretching and, like, doing, like, you know, whatever, I literally notice how much lower my right shoulder is than my left shoulder. And I'm like, it's because of that damn one-strap backpack. I had to be so cool. <laughs> Every uh, Whenever I think about it, I want to reply and just be like, I'm a millennial. You can't take my one strap from me. You don't understand. <laughs> I don't tie my can... shoelaces and I wear one strap on my backpack. <laughs> All I can think of is 20, 21 Jump Street when they go yes. to high school. <laughs> and he's like, no, I have to two strap it. Everyone is two strapping it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so no, funny. it killed me. Because, yeah, it's the same thing. I, like, did the messenger bag thing. So, like, I think my right shoulder is higher than my left because that's where I put my bag and I would have to mm-hmm. hike it up on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. But, okay, <laughs> back to Veronica Mars. Who does have the messenger bag? And I did take my cues from the show. Anyway, uh, we're at the beach again. Wallace is flying his little plane I think it's adorable that he's flying this plane, that like this is his hobby, that he just goes to the beach by himself to fly an RC plane. Mm-hmm. But Veronica gives him the tape, so he has his own evidence. He can hold this and like keep his own leverage for protection. And Wallace calls Veronica a marshmallow who's just dying to bake him something. Which and it's isn't so cute. That, isn't marshmallows the name of the fans? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's okay. marshmallows. I thought yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, and later on in the show, Veronica does bake Wallace baked goods. Cute. So it does happen. I love that. Yeah. No, I was just like, oh, my God, I love their friendship. That's very cute. But that, like, falls apart really fast because Logan is there with some random guys that he's friends with Mm -hmm. sitting on her car, and he starts smashing her headlights with a tire iron because her planting the bong in his locker got him in trouble and he says, my daddy took my T-bird away. And you know what I won't be having? Fun, fun, fun. Because um, that's how yeah. teenagers talk. That's how teenagers talk. And that's how they make references to stuff that is irrelevant for their time. Um, it made me very much think of Pod Meets World every single time. They're like, um, Michael Jacobs put in references to stuff that our age kids 
had no idea what they were because this is definitely a kid's show and they would understand this reference. I know. He says this and I was just like, I mean, I know it, but I'm old. Right. Because <laughs> there's also like the PCHers do this whole thing. They're like, hey, any vandalism has to go through us because they show up at this point too because everybody has to be here and have these massive showdowns. Mm-hmm. But then I do love when Felix runs over to the Tahoe and reaches in and he's like, yo, whose O-Town CD is this? And he's and just the like, kid that's goes, my sister's. <laughs> I just love the kid being like, that's my mom's car. That's her CD. Please don't mess it up. Yeah. And then literally Weevil is just like, oh, okay. And then he like whacks the car hood like three times to make a dent, hits one of the headlights. So now I guess they're even. And then makes or at least tries to make Logan apologize to Veronica. He refuses. So he gets punched a couple of times. And then Veronica's like, dude, stop. I don't even want his apology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this was another one that like, I don't know how big Logan Eccles was supposed to be as a character, but there's other stuff that happens to him in this season that makes this behavior make a lot more sense. And I'm so curious if they just got lucky here or -hmm. if this was on purpose. Yeah. Like him basically just like asking to be beat up because Weevil tells him to leave and he says no. And then he gets hit and he's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. Where am I going to go? I don't have a car. Mm -hmm. But he finally leaves. Everybody gets in the car with the O-Town CD. They go. Weevil says that his uncle's body shop will fix Veronica's car, but he makes another sexual comment. Yep. And she's just like, stop it. And you know what? You need to apologize to Wallace. And my favorite part is that Wallace, like, they go to apologize to him and are like, can I have the tape back? And Wallace is just like, no, you cannot. And then just walks away. Like, that was perfect. I love him. I love him so much. And, like, that gets wrapped up in a cute little picture. And then we get, like, a classic just driving. I love driving shots where it's, like, top down, wind flying through the hair. Um, And she gives you, like, a little voiceover again. And she basically says, like, you can never trust people that you love because people that you love will let you down. Referring Mm -hmm. to her dad because she knows that he was lying or at least withholding information about the plates and mm-hmm. so she parks she go i was like is she, is she gonna go tail him like i thought for sure that's, she was yeah gonna, like, that's what it looks you know, like yeah like stake out where he was going to see if he was doing anything like related to it but it doesn't seem like it like she just ends up parking going into the office but i guess she was just checking to make sure he was gone Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was watching him leave so that she could break into his safe because she's like, yeah, I know the combination, but I've never needed it before. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea that like he's trying to tell her to drop the case when she breaks into his safe and looks at his case files. Not only are there some newer notes, but the photo of her mom's drive or license plate is also in the file. Yeah, it's like uncrumpled and placed on top. And, yeah, like, I thought that was interesting. Like, he has been secretly, like, reopening the case on his own even before Mm. this whole motel situation and even before Celeste had come into the office asking him to investigate Jake. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So he already had these ideas and motives to, like, reopen it and kind of do his own investigating and just keep Veronica out of it because clearly of of all the crap that went down that affected her and her life. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and he ends up coming back into the office, but she's put everything back. And then she's actually got the music box on her desk playing music. So, like, Mm -hmm. he comes back in. He's like, hey, let's go home and watch a movie. Who's your daddy? But this time, instead of being grossed out, she's like, you are, which Mm is weird for me. (laughs) It's it's Um, cute if not for the connotation. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we know what we're doing, and we just, like, barely grazed past that line. Yeah. But before she goes home, we see this one last shot where Veronica has gone to the Camelot Motel and she's knocking on the door where her mother was. And then there's this voiceover as the shot pulls away from the Camelot Motel. And she's like, well, you know what they say about Veronica Mars? She's a marshmallow. Mm-hmm. And that's how we end. So we assume she's going to open the door and see her mom. Um, we don't actually see her face, but we assume so. And this feels like Veronica doesn't so much care about the Kane case now that she has presumably found her mom after not seeing her for eight months. And now she's almost on the quest of like bringing her whole family back together. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, it's one of those things that I feel like the show actually does really well that I didn't realize as a teenager, but I'm noticing now as an adult is that you really do remember that Veronica is a teenager like the idea that there's this big murder case there's this huge thing that's so important but the fact that her mom could be in this room regardless of what it jeopardizes she has to go find her mom yeah exactly because there's definitely where we are in the season like Veronica starting to make some really impulsive decisions that could jeopardize a lot of things but she's a teenager she just wants to go guns blazing yeah I get it she's like thinking no consequences, right? Like, my dad will help me out. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and not even coming from, like, a rich person, like, perspective. It's just more of the, I'm a kid. I'm always protected. Yeah, she's like, everybody else is going to let me down eventually, so I'm just going to get ahead of it, and I don't care what you think of me. So there's one last thing I wanted to mention, and it was back in the scene where they're at the beach, right when um, Veronica, like, goes up to Wallace And I was like, I think this is the first time that Kristen Bell has ever been taller than anybody because she was taller than (laughs) Wallace. I was like, she's standing on an apple box, right? Like, because I just put the picture in Slack. There is no, no way that Kristen Bell at 5'1 is taller than Wallace. There is no way. Yeah. No, we're like messing with some visuals here. Either she was standing on a pile of sand that was higher than Wallace's pile of sand, or there was an apple box. And I'm not fully sure why they wanted to make her taller than him. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just imagining they're both standing on sand and he's just been digging his feet in. Right. Right. (laughs) I'm like, that's that's, just several inches shorter than usual because he's buried. That's the only way to explain that. And I don't have another example of them standing next to each other, but I'm like, no, they. No, that's wrong. (laughs) Yeah, there's no way that – I don't remember his full name, but like Percy Daggs third or something. There's no way that he's that short. Yeah, because like now it makes me want to go – but I'm like 99% sure that Kristen Bell is like 5'1". Yeah, I think you're right. 
but there's also the fact that you haven't seen it yet, but um, later in the show, Wallace becomes a basketball star. Then surely. There's no way he's five feet tall. Exactly. Even they would just be like, we can't do that. We have to come up with a different sport to put him in. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not Brandon Walsh we're talking about here. <laughs> Google no, says he's 5'7". Okay. Okay, so he's a good six inches taller than her. Not in this episode. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so I have two questions for you. Quote of the week, because I don't remember if we actually said whether you had one or not. Um, and also, will you keep watching the show? Yes, so I'm okay. First, uh, let me answer the first question first. Um, I don't know. Like it wasn't, it wasn't that quotable. Um, it's like the show is very quippy. I don't think they did a lot of quipping in the first yeah. episode. Yeah, and but like yeah. the things that I wrote down were like gross things that Weevil said. Um. <laughs> I wrote down – I just didn't write down a lot of quotes. I wrote down Veronica Marsh. She's a marshmallow. Obviously. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think for me, rather than a specific quote, I just kind of like narration as a device. Um, you know, because we've seen it in a lot of shows at this point now, like Veronica Mars, Gossip Girl, Jane the Virgin uses narration – um uh Bridgerton uses narration. Mm, yep. And so I think this is the first narration I'm probably forgetting something, but this is kind of the first narration that I've heard from the main character's point of view, right? Like with Gossip Girl, it's a it's a it's a global POV from mm-hmm. in Bridgerton, global POV from Jane the Virgin. I'm not going to reveal that narration for purposes of people who have not seen the show. But it's important, mm-hmm. right? But it's not the main character POV. So I kind of like that because it it gives us a reason to not have to have people repeat stuff, right? It, mm-hmm. it gives us a reason to not have other characters have to tell you what you should know because this is truly from Veronica's lens. We might get glimpses into other people's POVs, but this show is meant to be from her POV. So I kind of, I think I kind of like just the device of narration. Yeah, I really like that. I feel like, you know, as I've gone on, I mean, there's other stuff we see. Like, we go to the Kane house when Veronica's not there. We go to the Eccles house when Veronica's not there. But for the most part, this is a show told from Veronica's point of view. And, like, mm-hmm. they only give us information probably, honestly, so that we can see how ridiculous some of Veronica's accusations are. Like, there's one episode when they get to Christmas where there's this massive expensive Christmas party and she follows someone into a room and then just starts wildly accusing them of things at a party. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, the party does end up with other issues, but it's actually a really fun episode. Yeah. I mean, and and that's the thing is like, I kind of like seeing the protagonist actually be the protagonist, like, and not one where we have to assume a lot um Mm -hmm. yeah so I don't know I think I think I would like to try to continue watching it I think you know I I wasn't so hooked that I'm like oh my god I need to keep watching 
Whereas with mm-hmm. some of the other shows that we've gone over, like I would say Riverdale, I was hooked immediately. Um, trying to think what else. Oh, Pretty Little Liars. I wouldn't say that I'm full steam ahead, but like I have continued a few episodes. It's been one that I go back to when I don't know what to watch, right? Um, Buffy, obviously, I watched that entire show and I'm ready to watch it again. So it's like, I, I would say it is not at that level, but mm-hmm. it's not at like a skins or a Degrassi where I feel well what I mean by that it's not a bad way no I I don't you're not wrong I don't well I don't feel like I'm phased out of it like I think I'm still at the age where I could get out of it what needs to be gotten out of whereas with like skins and Degrassi I think I'm just too old which is ridiculous but you know what I mean like it's It's like fair point yeah. yeah, we are at that age. Like, being 33 and trying to watch something with 12-year-olds in it, I get it. I get why Degrassi doesn't hit. Unless you watched it when you were 12. Like, Boy Meets World, yeah. I can watch all day long, every day, every season, every episode. But that's because I was obsessed with it when I was a kid. I didn't mm-hmm. watch Degrassi and Skins as a kid. So it's like I don't get that same feeling of nostalgia. Yeah, I get that. Well, yeah, so Mary <laughs> – I know you've not participated as much in this conversation. So would you watch the pilot and then do you think you'd continue? I definitely would watch the pilot. Um, I love a freaking darkly themed teen show with crime and it sounds like, yeah, like murder, etc. I'm into all of that. It sounds like this might have been made for me and I've probably been sleeping on it. Yeah. That's how I felt about Pretty Little Liars. I was like, I've probably been sleeping on this. Like, this is right up my alley. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking is like, this is this is a differently polished version of Pretty Little Liars. Like, this is yeah. one where like, I feel like on Pretty Little Liars, they like turned up the sharpness on everybody and like gave them all these like really cool outfits. And then on Veronica Mars, they were like, Blur everything. Just rub <laughs> Vaseline on everything. <laughs> like, there are some bonkers flashbacks. There's an episode that we watched where um, the guy that plays Aaron in Mean Girls plays a guy who joins a cult on Veronica Yes. Mars. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> So they do a flashback because he like joins a cult and gets like super sweet and nice. And she's like, he was a dick before he joined this cult. So we do a flashback where Weevil is reading poetry in poetry class and this kid is just mocking him mercilessly. But like it is like wet. It is like they smeared the film. (laughs) It's bizarre. Man, you say the word cult and I feel like a lot of our shows have had cults in them, right? Like – Beverly Hills 90210, Boy Meets World, mm-hmm. now Veronica Mars, um, Supergirl. Like, I'm trying to think of some others off the top of my head, but like, Colts and this group, <laughs> it works. <laughs> well, and this is the best part is since it's told from Veronica's point of view, she like kind of falls for it too. And she's like, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a cult, but they're really nice. Yeah. It's great. Man, I'm going to make another controversial take. Speaking weirdly of cults and then what you said in terms of like how Veronica Mars compares to like Pretty Little Liars, Veronica Mars gives me a little bit of a Smallville vibe. Yeah. 
Like I could get that. I could see that. Ve- like very high school ma- like the high school portion of it cuz obviously mm-hmm. we've got we're dealing with Superman and Smallville but like just the the side stuff important people billionaires and then like the the high school day to day is very smallville mm-hmm. to me well yeah cuz like in this episode they set up some really big plots and they make it seem like this world like that adults and children really interact together. Yeah. And there are other episodes of Veronica Mars where like somebody writes a purity test and then people are stealing each other's high school passwords to take the test for each other and then post their results. Like somebody lies and says that Veronica took this purity test and scored a 14. Like it's literally like that level of petty crime that Veronica is investigating sometimes. That, that is great. I like. It's, <laughs> honestly, it's, actually, it's, like, it's also Buffy. Like, it's very Buffy, yeah. where it's like sometimes you know your best friend turns into a fish, right? Like, or or a wolf, <laughs> or you, you know, and, and 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 other times it's like no, there's like a legit big bad like magic at play here. <laughs> It's like high stakes in terms of the world or the town mm-hmm. or whatever, but also high stakes in terms of high school. Exactly. Yeah, but also the musical is this week and I have to play Carrie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. We've been going for 90 minutes. We have to wrap this up. Um, okay. Yeah. Any other like specific moments or quotes that we want to call out? I think I'm good. Okay. Um, I would ask what's next week's episode, but we are getting into this point where we're getting back to the holidays. We're going to have to start getting creative. So I guess I just kind of want to take this moment to tell people to like, give us ideas if you want other content, because we might be like sporadically releasing things that are not 90210 to ensure that all three of us are together for 90210 episodes. Yep. Yep. We don't want to fully take a break break, but... We might have to, yeah, be creative is a good way to phrase it. Just because all three yeah. of us, we, we've just got some competing schedules going on. So be patient <laughs> with us. But also, if you have ideas, like, feel free to shoot. This is your chance. This is your chance to suggest a show. And, hey, I guarantee you, I'm going to do this right now. You can you can mark my words. If you send us an email or an Instagram comment or DM, or Twitter, which it's not X to me, it's Twitter and always will be. Twitter DM, and you tell us you want us to watch a pilot of a show, this is your chance, and I guarantee you we will watch it. Some of us will watch it. At least two of yes. us will watch it. <laughs> someone will watch the show and describe it to someone else or interact with someone else. We will yep. figure this out. Yep. Um, so now's your chance. Yeah, and- this is a one-time only offer. <laughs> And by one time, I mean like one period of time. Like you've got until we start getting back on track to two and for this to happen. <laughs> or, I mean, if you come back in like two years and you're like, hey, I just heard the episode, we'll probably still entertain it. Yeah, probably. But this is a one-time offer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You have to reference this episode in order to be eligible. That's right. That's right. Rules and regulations <laughs> apply. <laughs> So yeah, we'll be back with something next week. It's probably maybe 90210 and maybe something else. We do have a list, so we'll figure it out. Um, But until then, follow us on 
Twitter and Instagram and send us those DMs at Back to Podcast. And shoot us an email once I'm only. We will guarantee to watch whatever you tell us to at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community and give y'all a better product. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm a douchebag in a puka shell necklace. I swear I used to be cool. And I got to go remember where this is streaming so I can watch it right now. Bye. Bye. See ya.